The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. Earlier, we were talking about AI and robots, and it is Science Week until November 20th. Well, only four Irish figures have ever appeared on the cover of Time magazine. Sean Lamass, Bono, Leo Varadkar and Stevie, a robot invented by Akara Robotics. We're going to hear a little bit more about Stevie now shortly because I want to welcome Akara's co-founder, Neve Donnelly, to our Galway studio. Neve, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Richard. Some people may well remember Stevie on the cover of Time. It was back in 2019. Just Mm -hmm. remind us a bit about what was special about Stevie the robot. Yeah, I guess there was a lot special about Stevie, um, but so... Um, he sounds like an ex. <laughs> Hello, Neve. We lost you there, we dropped you. Can you hear me? Hello, Neve. We'll, we'll, we'll come back and we'll get Neve back uh back up again. Well, uh, we're going to talk about robots and we'll come back to that item but Roy Keane uh, cut a dashing figure in a video release this week in which he and his dog showcased a new clothing collection for Adidas. For decades, uh, for decades, the over 50s have been largely absent from the world of fashion but a growing prominence of mature faces suggests that brands might finally be embracing older people. Today's show stylist Anne-Marie Gannon is here to give us the, the lowdown down on all of this. First up, um, Roy Keane modelling Adidas. A lot of people would be very surprised by that. Well, I, I think he's a great choice because Adidas, naturally, it's a sports label, Richard. And he has a huge, he's iconic. He's a legend. Across the globe, he's a legend. So it's a good move. But this um, gore cord that they're kind of promoting. Which is a type of outdoor clothing. I, th- I think we claimed that first with Benji from the Reardons back in the 70s. He, he was an outdoor man. He was definitely <laughs> an outdoor style icon. But when it comes to the fashion industry and big players in the fashion industry are so good at understanding the market and consumer yes. habits and all that. Older people have been wearing clothes for a long time. And we still are. How come How come uh, we haven't been targeted uh, in the same way? But it does seem to be happening now. I think it's happening now, but I think we're more aware of it because it's women. We're, we're t- we seem to be like Maggie Smith for low. We, last year we had Anthony Hopkins for low, but nobody batted an eyelid. And he's an older gent as well. We never seem to bat an eyelid when it's older gents, but for women... You, like Helen Mirren um, for L'Oreal she stole Paris Fashion Week and we just look up to people like this because they represent quality intelligence maturity class style and I think the way the world is going with sustainability we're more conscious of what we're buying into now and they represent that and it's interesting that so much of the advertising and modelling has been aimed at younger generations and even millennials But the evidence is starting to suggest now that older women in particular are spending a lot more on clothing than perhaps, you know, millennials. That's very true, Richard. And I think the reason for that is that older women now, you've reared your family. It's costly to rear a family. It's costly to pay a mortgage and do all that. And when you get to a certain part in your life, you want to really embrace yourself again. You have your freedom and you want to represent yourself in a way that represents you. And part women 
older women, especially I myself, before I, I spend on anything, I look at what I'm buying. Will it last? Has it quality? Is it stylish? Is the is the stitching right? I look at all those things. And that's women are becoming more into the more luxury in brands, what we call investment pieces. My mind sort of automatically goes towards thinking about age, age profile, a bit of a social analysis and pensions and spending. And I'm thinking to myself, these are people in a slightly older bracket who may well be retired. The kids are reared. There mightn't be much of a mortgage left. They may well have good pensions as well if they're, you know, over 65. And millennials can't afford to buy a house. You know, everything's getting more expensive. So is this a kind of a, a demographic thing that's happening? I think with every decade, we reach a new chapter when it comes to retail across the globe in all areas. And fashion is no foreigner to that. I do think that millennials, um, their their market, a lot of like go back a decade, we'd designer brands, designer brands, designer brands, and then they would mass produce designer brands to millennials. And rather than buying for, for quality and sustainability, we all they we bought they bought into the designer label side of things. And but we the older generation didn't. And I think the older generation look for something that's more quality driven. But millennials kind of younger people, they live in the now, whereas older people live in 10 years, five years time down the road and they plan financially better, I think. But I do think it's terrible what millennials are going through at the minute that there seems to be a lot of doors closed to them in relation to a quality lifestyle that we all deserve. And we may well be sort of seeing that reflected in some of these trends. I mean, for example, brands like Louis Vuitton, Birkin, they have uh, they've done incredibly well in sales, while Gucci has not performed as well. And, you know, some analysts, Morgan Stanley, for example, put this down to the fact that Gucci had targeted younger customers. So are we going to see a, a bigger push now towards you know, the Roy Keens and, and, and you know, celebrities modelling. What about the professional older model? The professional older... Not the celebrity actor. Not, okay. Just somebody who's an, an older woman who's, go, who's going to be a model. Well, I'll tell you something. We have an iconic lady that was a model and is still a model, but she's fantastic for Irish fashion. And that's Celia Holman Lee. And Celia always looks amazing in her 60s. But if you see, see Celia out and about, you'll always have a classic coat on her that she's had for a few years. But driving it forward, older models are very... Sure, Marks and Spencer's used Twiggy uh, 10 years ago and brought her out as an older, mature model. And they have done phenomenally well using mature models. So I do think there's definitely a market for it. No doubt we're going to see more of it. Anne-Marie Gannon, uh, Today's Show stylist, thank you very much for joining us on the programme. Thank you, Richard. Well, I, I can go back now to uh, Neve Donnelly. Hope you're on, ho- hopefully you're online there, uh, Neve. We were just talking about Stevie the Robot and uh, you were sort of, yeah, there was a bit, bit of a wistful tone uh, in what you were saying about Stevie. Just just tell us a bit about Stevie. Yeah, so um, Stevie was what's called a social robot um, and we built him as um, we were a research group in Trinity College and as a team we had kind of seen that, you know, there's going to be a huge problem in healthcare and in caring for our older population as the number of people in our older population get larger the um, the age range is increasing the number of people in our younger population is getting smaller people are having less kids so we kind of saw that you know we're going to need innovation technology and robots to help care for our older adults so and stevie mm-hmm. has a face yeah uh, how important was that yeah so um 
emotions and facial expressions on robots are really important. You need to know what the robot is doing. If it didn't have a face, you know, you mightn't be inclined to interact with it. Or if it's stuck in a corner and it needs help, if it has a nice smiley face, you might be more likely to help it. Um, And there's a lot of work that goes into the emotions of robots. So we worked with an artist from NCAD to actually build out the different ranges of emotions that Stevie could have. Um, So it's a very important feature. And then you you moved on to a different before I talk about the next robot Violet where is Stevie now? Um, so Stevie is in Trinity, um, kind of being used almost as a research platform. Um, you know, someday I always want to go back to Stevie because I, I found it um, a really interesting project. I thought and, you were going to say still... studying philosophy or something <laughs> in Trinity. He could be, he could be. But it, 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 it yeah. does sound like true love with you and Stevie. You might go back to him. I, it was a very interesting project. I don't know about true love. <laughs> and the next sort of iteration is a robot, Violet, in 2021. Just tell me a bit about Violet. Yeah, so even as we were working in retirement communities and nursing homes, we were seeing that infections were a huge problem. The number one reason why people in a nursing home will go into hospital is because they acquire an infection, not because they fall. Um, and you might not know this, but how we clean hospitals, how we clean everywhere hasn't changed since the Spanish flu pandemic over 100 years ago. Um, so we started looking into new innovative technologies that we can use to disinfect faster and to a higher standard. And UV light is great for killing bacteria and killing germs. So we moved towards making an autonomous mobile robot that would shine UV light on surfaces in hospitals and kill the bacteria in the um, in the hospital. And you might think that our goal was to clean better. Yes, it cleans better, but actually it cleans faster. So um, rooms cleaned with chemicals, it can sometimes, sometimes take up to three hours to clean that room. And we're able to get that down to 20 minutes, which means that hospitals can see more patients, perform more procedures and become more efficient. And you actually have several, I think, is it eight uh, violets built? Yeah, yeah. So we're um, still an early stage company, but we've actually been able to kind of accelerate growth quite fast um, because there's such a need for this type of technology. Um, Inevitably, Neve, when when you describe what the robots can do and how much more efficiently, you know, in certain types of jobs they can do it, it raises the whole question about robotics, automation and the future of work. And one of the things that strikes me, I remember reading an article about a, a robot that was yeah. flipping burgers, you know, in a burger yeah. joint in, in Los Angeles or something. And I thought to myself, OK, great, it's able to do that. What happens when the robot stops working and somebody has to come along and fix it? And in the meantime, all the customers aren't getting their their, their burgers, you know. There are limitations and, and difficulties, aren't there? Yeah, there is, definitely. And that's a really good point. Um, sometimes people think that actually building building the technology is the hard part, but it's actually operationalizing it. So it's having it integrate into workflows um, and kind of it has to work, you know, at a certain stage it starts working really well and it's integrated into people's workflows and then if it breaks down and it can interrupt workflows so a lot of work now goes in and there's whole companies that go into um, monitoring robots so that if there is a breakdown there can be an early alert to it and they can get out there and fix it fast Um, and people robotics companies are actually rated on kind of the time that they take to fix a problem as well and so it is a new technology um, but it's really in the past five years it's really accelerating 
But when, when people talk about technology and the impact on jobs, there was an assumption a few years ago that robotics or AI would basically replace a lot of more mundane, lower skilled work. Mm -hmm. It now looks like with AI in particular, that those sort of, uh, you know, marketing, media, content providing, accounting, aspects of the legal profession, they're the jobs that are more likely to be affected by the development of technology in the future rather than the factory work. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really important that when you're bringing any technology into society, that as a company and as a person that you look at the effect it will have on society. Um, and I think for a long time, people like the, there was the whole thing about robots replacing jobs, but robots are actually really good at the it's called the three D's of robotics. So the dull, dangerous and dirty work that humans really shouldn't be doing um, and shouldn't have to do. Um, and I actually feel that robotics will create more jobs um, that are not those types um, for, dull, for people. Dull, dangerous and dirty. It sounds yeah. like a good name from an, for an album or something from a band. <laughs> Stevie's next album. Anne-Marie Gannon is still with us. Anne-Marie, we're talking about yeah. robotics. Has, has there ever been a robot on the... Um on the, the runway for clothing fashion. Fabulous uh, at New York Fashion Week, um, Coperni had models coming out with robots, but they weren't actually dressed in any nice silks or tweeds, Richard. So I think it'll be a while before we see that. That that job will remain very much in the human domain. Uh, Neve Donnelly and Anne-Marie Gannon, thank you very much for joining us on the programme.